You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. I'm sitting down with Cassie Yule, who is just so magical, has really helped me in the last several months, and I think you're going to learn a lot from this episode. I always like to bring healers to you, but also self-care practices that you can do yourself, and we really touch on those today. So yay for Cassie being on the show. If you are new to Yoga Magic, this show is self-care and self-discovery practices for everyone. But really, I hope to bring you brand new practices and help you into the spiritual space. If this is kind of new stuff for you, astrology, energy work, hopefully this is a really safe place to learn some new things and yeah, dip your toe in all of the spiritual newbies out there. For those of you that are in this world, there's going to be lots of info for you all the time because we just explored the different modalities that live in, you know, spiritual self-care and self-discovery. So today, Cassie Ewell is just such a healer and she's, she talks a little about her ambitions for 2022, which blew me away, which was so beautiful. But I wanted to touch on energy healing before we hop into this episode, because it's something that I think is confusing for a lot of people. They're like, what is energy healing? And like, how can it be done remotely how can it be done when you know she's in a completely different state and she's helping heal me it's amazing so cassie breaks that down what is happening what kind of work she does so i found cassie early really early in my pregnancy i was feeling so i mean really out of control just feeling full of anxiety after a miscarriage this was a bit of a surprise so the whole experience was like oh my gosh I didn't plan for this like I don't really know you know what to focus on and I just needed some grounding clearing energy and my friend Kelly Smith said hey I have the person for you you should reach out to her she's perfect so we did a remote healing session and it was really what I needed it felt so good to kind of validate this energy of chaos that I was feeling you know she she helped me with that and then also bring it down into a more grounded space Um, she also gave me some homework I love a healer that can give me some practices some things that I can do on my own and you know really keep that energy in a good spot 
So this was just the first, you know, the first introduction that I had to her. And then I found some of her books and her amazing Instagram. And she has such great information for you. So I highly recommend checking her out on Instagram after you listen to this episode. But I want you to pay extra attention to her insights into using grounding energy, really specifically earth energy right now, how we use the seasons, the cycles to bring ourselves down a little bit. I don't know about you, but I... I've been feeling very, very triggered. Like with this pandemic heating up once again, my kids in and out of school. I've had five work days in the last month, literally. And I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm so, my nervous system is fried. And I've been going to my practices. I've been going to, you know, my meditation and I need more. I need extra. So if you're one of those people that really needs some more grounded, calming practices, there's going to be a number of great ones in here for you to listen. So thanks to Cassie for being on the show. If you hop on her newsletter, you're going to get a free guided meditation and a coupon code to get a 11% off a reading with her if you decide you want to work a little bit more with her. Let's talk about some of the fun things coming up in Yoga Magic Land. So I'm hosting monthly events for us, the opportunity just to get together, talk about some practices. And this month, I should say February, in February, I will be leading a moon rituals workshop on February 9th at 7 p.m. Central Time. This is on Zoom. And we're going to be talking about moon rituals, what they are, how a full moon is different than a new moon, how eclipses are different than all of those, and just some simple things that you can do to start a moon ritual if you don't already have one. So that'll be a fun, low-key event on February 9th. If you're inv- interested in any of the events that are coming up, make sure to get on the email list. Um, when you do, you get a self-care for manifestation guide. And again, there's going to be lots coming your way here in 2022 when I actually get some time to work on these things. I'm so excited to share them with you. My ideas are just bubbling over. It's going to be a great year to bring not only great episodes your way, but some more experiences to help you hone in your self-care practices. Thanks to our show sponsor, Branch Basics. You can grab the link in the show notes to get $10 off the amazing supernatural cleaning products that I use. They've been such a lifesaver during this pregnancy and they actually work. So more information on Branch Basics in the show notes. And then finally, make sure you're following along on Instagram. I'm trying so hard to bring you just, you know, tons of free content that you can use to bring into your practices today. Um, So I do that on my personal Instagram at ashley.sondergaard or at yoga magic podcast. All right, everybody, let's get to this episode with Cassie Ewell. Cassie, thanks so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you to learn more from you. I've had the joy of experiencing a session with you and my friend Kelly recommended you and I really trust her. So thanks for being on the show. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, so excited. So Cassie, can you just tell listeners, I always like to ask, you know, guess who they are outside mm-hmm. of what they do, because I think that's really important too. And you can include your astrological chart if you want, but who yeah. is Cassie? Um, I'm happy to start with the astrological stuff. Okay, cool. I love Same. that too. <laughs> so I'm an Aquarius sun, cancer moon and Sagittarius rising. Oh, yeah. Um, and I very much love and identify with all of my, all of my major signs. So yeah, your cancer yeah. moon. That's so yummy. What a powerful placement. Yes. I mean, cancer sun, which is like a little, I mean, it's sometimes challenging, but I always think like, mm, 
cancer in its little home. That's lovely. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love it. And my, my kids are actually cancer moon and cancer rising. Oh my so gosh. I know I, we've just got this little, like emotional cancer family. And my husband has no, like no cancer. So <laughs> that's oh, really how many kids do you have? I have twin three-year-olds. Oh my God. You do. Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. cool. And they have cancer moons. I bet you guys are just totally moon ruled in your house. Like, oh my gosh. That's Definitely amazing. my daughter and I, I'm interested to see my son is very much takes after my husband in a lot of ways. So I see his sensitivity come out in different ways and he does get snuggly with me sometimes, yeah. um, which I love, but I'm interested to see how that develops as he gets older. My daughter is just like a mirror of me. <laughs> really? Jeez. I love that. Yeah. Um, so that is part of who else I am. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Um, I, my kids, obviously they take up a lot of my time right now, which I'm really happy and grateful for. Um, but I am, I'm a multi-passionate business owner too. Um, so I actually, I, my degree is in art education and I did do that for a while. I taught art for five years in public education. And then in 2012, I just kind of went rogue and started doing my own stuff and have <laughs> just been doing that ever since I've been full-time jewelry business owner. I taught yoga. I mean, I have my yoga teacher training license and I incorporate it into my work, but I don't teach yoga classes anymore. Um, and I'm an author and I, you know, I still use my art degree and draw and like to be creative in my work and, and I do the energy work and I've got new things coming next year. So I'm just a very multi-passionate um, person and entrepreneur. So yeah. a lot of interests and I love to bake. So that's like my little oh. like hobby on the side when I have time. <laughs> that's like, I love that. I love very cancer moon practice. And I, yeah. I like the rogue. Oh my gosh. What an Aquarius. <laughs> like, I'm just going to do what, what is truly best for the world. Right. Is like, I'm going to follow this passion. So yeah. the healing work that you do and, and you know, I've had the opportunity to work with you. And it's like, when I explain sessions, like what we did together to other people, I don't always know what to say. How do you explain the type of healing work that you do? Well, it depends on who I'm talking to. So yeah, we can go a little bit deeper, <laughs> but, um, I know it's an unusual thing to explain, especially for distance. So the energy work that I perform is intuitive and shamanic. So my training is very much in a a lineage of Celtic shamanic practitioners. So that's where my training comes from, but it's also very intuitive. Um, so when I perform energy work, whether it be in person or distance, I put myself into a loose trance-like state and I journey or enter to where that person's energy field is. And once I um, have access to that person's energy, I can see and feel. So I'm very much like a clairsentience. I feel mm. energy, but I also see things in my mind's eye. Sometimes I hear things. My clairaudience is not quite as um, powerful and turned on as my clairsentience and clairvoyance. Um, so I see feel things in the energy body. And from there, I kind of go through the energy centers or the chakras and, um, you know, I can identify if something's overactive, underactive, and just bring a little bit more balance to each of the energy centers. Um, and then the shamanic side of it is very much, I'm also 
looking for things that maybe don't belong or that aren't serving mm -hmm. that person. So that could be cord attachments, um, which I feel like is a very buzzword type thing. People are like, oh, we got to cut the cords and not all cord attachments need to go. Um, so that's something I do while I'm assessing that is, you know, is this a cord attachment that needs to stay or needs to go? And a lot of times I discuss that with the people that I'm working on as I'm working on them. Um, Cause I usually get a little bit of information about what that cord attachment is from. Um, so that's part of my work. Um, and then sometimes I find um, energy that needs to be extracted from the energy body, um, which can come, it can look to me uh, a lot of different ways. So sometimes this comes through as like things, like sometimes I'll find string or baseballs or rocks in the body, like just weird <laughs> stuff like that, that I'll pull out. Um, or I'll find entities that are, you know, basically just energy that isn't yours, that's hitching a ride on your body. I pull it out to bring more balance and um, to kind of clear, clear out the energy body. Um, so in a nutshell, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Um, another aspect, sometimes I do um, receive messages. I'll get insights. Sometimes I make contact with people's spirit guides. I've even come into contact with um, different alien races um, mm. while working on different people. So it can get pretty out there. And I know some of this can be like, whoa, but it's not, it's not always so intense and deep, but it can get really intense and deep. Um, so when people are, you know, when I'm like, not sure where people stand, I'll be like, it's kind of like Reiki, but we go a bit deeper. So that's kind of like the simple answer for okay. it. Okay. That's to like the person at daycare pickup and they're like, what yes. do you do? <laughs> exactly. I'm not talking about entities and aliens to everybody that I talk to about this work. <laughs> well, on this show, you can talk about entities and aliens for sure. Like okay. all about that life. <laughs> I do you, when you come into contact with any sort of like other alien races, do you know what, like who or what race they are? Have you asked them? I'm just always super curious. Yeah. So most of the times it's only, it's only honestly happened twice with me okay. at this point. So it's really uncommon. And both times I kind of had a hunch. Um, and also one of the times where it was a little bit more like, um, present, yeah. uh, the person I was working with, it was, she already knew, like it was once I told her, she was like, oh yes, I'm aware of that. That makes sense. So it was very much like, I'm seeing this. I think it's this. And she was like, yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, I am always very inquisitive and curious and try, you know, it's difficult because there are times where like I come into contact with things while I'm working and I'm like, oh, I really just want to explore what's going on here, but I have yeah. to like, focus on the client and be like, okay, what is the purpose? Why are you here? What do you need to me to share with this person? What are we doing? Um, but it is funny sometimes because sometimes I definitely just want to like hang out and be like, tell me, tell me more about Let's yourself. Talk. Where you're from? <laughs> yeah. I know. And you know, what's so cool. I feel like I've had such a, a you know, cool opportunity to talk to a number of different healers and, mm -hmm. and mediums and people that do work in this space. And it's very consistent, like this sort of like coming into contact with things. And like, I don't know, like you said, like, it's not always just wild and crazy, but sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. Yeah. So when you, were you pretty young when you discovered that you could do some of these things or like, how did you come about these gifts that you have? Yes. And no. So I was definitely interested in energy 
from a young age. Like I, I got a hold of some of my grandma's books. My grandma was like the person in my family who was into astrology, very spiritual. And she kind of paved the way for me to feel like this was an acceptable path. Um, and so I, I read books when I was maybe like a young teenager about meditation and feeling my energy. And I was doing practices on my own body to feel my energy. And I couldn't believe how much I could feel and that I could sense so much. Um, and that was when I kind of was like, okay, it seems like if everybody felt this, that people would be talking about this a little bit more. So maybe Mm -hmm. this is like a unique gift that I have. Um, so it's something that's always been a part of my life. And I had, I definitely had some like strange intuitive hits and things where I've just known, but it wasn't until I was, um, I would say in like 2016, 2017, when some stranger things started happening. And then it was then that I, I had an energy healer and I went to my energy healer and I was like, okay, these things have happened. What, what is going on basically? And (laughs) Mm -hmm. she was just like, the path is here if you want to take it. And it was just kind of like, I was like in, I was on that path ever since. And that was in, that was in 2018 when I approached my now um, mentor who I had been working with her, getting energy work from her and seeing her for like four or five years before that. Um, But it was in 2018 that I really started taking the energy work very seriously and really Mm. diving into that, that path. And then it was just this year in 2021, when I finally like took it to the next level and decided to start offering sessions and making it, you know, part of my, part of my work. And oh, I didn't even know that. I figured you'd just been doing it forever. Oh my gosh. No, so you've been no. writing books and, and doing kind of the other work first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've been, yeah, but I've been practicing the energy work for almost three years now, but yeah, just recently started you know, getting out there and being like, Hey, I'm ready. This is what I do. (laughs) Do you think, do you see like your kids with those gifts yet early on? I'm out. Like I look at sometimes my two daughters and I'm like, Whoa, you're that's wild. Like they have some of it. I try to like, not project, project onto (laughs) them, but there have been some things that especially my daughter, my son is, yeah, there have been little things that have made me think like, Hmm, maybe. And I get excited, but I still like, I just, I try to be very like hands-off and not project on them so that they can, you know, forge their own path. Totally, but, um, totally. but yeah, it is interesting. And I definitely keep an eye on it. I definitely yeah. keep an eye on little things that I'm like, Hmm, maybe. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, okay. So So for someone that hasn't had any remote work done, because I think like you said, it is a hard concept to grasp on, but I, we're seeing more of it Mm -hmm. and it, so just a quick background, my dad, he's a chiropractor and he more later in his career started doing some of this different work, which I consider energy work. And some of it is there's like the remote element to it. So like, I get this, but it's so just different, right? Like how can you heal someone's energy body when you're in the totally different state? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to. So I'm sure that your listeners, your audience are not unfamiliar with hearing the phrase, everything is energy. Everything is energy. And that energy can be accessed from anywhere around the world. I mean, even if you think about, um, you know, personal experiences that maybe you've had of like, thinking about somebody and then that person calling you 
later on. Like we've all had little experiences like that. And I, little things like that, I think are really good reminders just on a day-to-day level that like we're all connected and the energy, it just doesn't, it doesn't affect energy. And even on like, now I'm not a scientist and I, but I have read a lot about quantum physics and we do have, you know, there are some, you know, some of the science is starting to show like quantum entanglement of how different things can be in the same place at the same time, Mm. you know, at different points in the world, they can, you know, materialize or show up at different parts in the world at the same time, even though if they're on the other side of the world, um, which is really exciting to see the science community catch up to it. So, but for me as an energy worker, the way that I kind of do this, and this is going to look different for everybody, I would assume. Um, but when I go into my trance-like state, I actually have like within my kind of spiritual world, I have a place where I kind of visualize the person and that's where I do the energy work. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting, like, of course, like, and I'm sure you can maybe speak to this too, but most of my clients, I would say 95%, they say that they feel things in their body, whether it's full body sensations, localized sensations, or see visuals, like they feel the work miles and miles and miles states apart. Um, I've even had some really interesting situations with pets and animals, like, um, a client where like, as soon as I began the energy work, her dogs started going wild. And like, (laughs) I, I, so I connected with the dogs and I, I was like, let's, let's chill over here. And the dogs (laughs) calmed down. Or I recently had a client who had like a cat on her lap. And while I began working in a certain part of her body, the cat started like pawing at the exact spot that I was like working at. So those little things are just, they're fun confirmations for me. Like I believe that the work is working and I know it is because my clients see it, but it's also really interesting to see like animals respond to it too, that are in space and don't really know what's going on. So I can't really explain how it works, but that's like, you know, (laughs) that's how it works. But, you know, if you want more specifics, I think, yeah, keep studying the quantum physics. I think they're on the trail. So when I got pregnant several months ago, I realized that I had let some not so good habits around the house creep in over the last several years. I was using a few more toxic beauty products than I had in the past. I was skipping the organic foods. And really the biggest one is that I was using just everyday cleaning supplies that were pretty toxic. And let's just say this is a big no-no when you're pregnant, but really all the time. So I did some research and discovered my now absolute favorite cleaning products, Branch Basics. So Branch Basics is a concentrate method. They have just one super clean, all-natural concentrate that you add water to in varying amounts. More for the bathroom cleaner, less for the window cleaner. And what's so nice about it is that I know I can use the same safe product for all of my cleaning needs. When I got my first order, I wanted to test this out. I'm like, okay, is this actually gonna work? So I cleaned my super gross fridge head to toe and holy cow, did it work. It was spotless. It was really easy and again, not toxic. I didn't have to worry about it being harmful to me or the baby or my family. I now use Branch Basics for everything from our laundry detergent to washing produce to cleaning windows. It's really that safe. And if you wanna try this out, I recommend getting the premium starter kit. It has all the bottles all of the concentrate and then a little oxygen boost in there as well. 
So if you want to get $10 off, use the exclusive yoga magic link in the show notes. And that's at branchbasics.com, B-R-A-N-C-H basics.com. And use the link in the show notes to get $10 off. Like, this is funny. I only recently discovered Joe Dispenza, like really dove, dove into his stuff and, and this like visualization work around, you know, just your own body and space has been so interesting yeah. to attach, you know, focus to these things, to this energy around ourselves. Like, so I, I, I really, I understand what you're saying. A lot of it is that visualization and that connection to, to an energy body, wherever it is. Yeah. And I'm already seeing, I mean, from our session and doing all of this like meditation, like I have seen real tangible shifts in the way I present. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm so, I just feel so grateful that like, this is part of the conversation right now because people are, they need it. We, we yeah. need it, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, and one of the reasons I do what I do is because I like to educate people like part of my session is that I do like to give you some tools or a ritual to take forward with you into your life because everybody can do this own work on themselves. And I yes. think that that's a really important part of offering energy healing surfaces is empowering people to be able to manage their own energy and shift their own energy in different ways that maybe they're unfamiliar with. And I think that's one of the more exciting things about this work becoming a little bit more mainstream is that Mm -hmm. people are a little bit more open-minded to it and we can give people tools to, you know, you don't have to, that's why I tell people all the time. I'm like, you don't have to see me. You can, if you want to, or if you want to learn and it can be great. I mean, I still see an energy healer from time to time too, but there are so many things that you can do on your own to shift and manage your energy as well. Can you give an example? Like what would be something that would a simple thing that listeners could do? And I suppose like we have to know what the issue is. So like for me, I struggle with control. I always want to control things. How can I shift that energy? to like more surrender. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that the, I'll give one of the more common um, ritual or exercises that I give to people, which I think can help with control issues too. Cause to me, I feel like underneath that need to control is usually like a fear Fear. is not going the way that you want. And so a lot of it is needing to um, feel safe, feel supported, feel nurtured, feel held so that you don't have that need to control. Um, so I talk to people often about grounding and connecting Mm -hmm. with the earth as a really impactful way to, um, shift your energy. And it's so simple. (laughs) So there are a couple of different things I tell people. I tell people a lot, if you can get your feet on the ground, just go outside, get your bare feet on the ground it makes a huge difference. And if you want to take a ne- take that a next step up, you can kind of visualize your energy almost sifting through, cycling through the earth and pulling away anything that doesn't serve you or that needs to go and feel the energy from the earth kind of filling up your body. Now, if you're in a really cold climate and you can't do that, you can do this inside too. I would just stress the emphasis. I would emphasize, you know, the visualization aspect if you're not able to get your feet on the earth, Um, but it can be just as powerful. So sitting in meditation or even just on the floor with your feet on the ground, 
um, visualizing that connection to the earth. That can be a beam of light coming out the base of your spine. That can be a root coming out of the base of your spine, but visualizing energy kind of cycling out of your body, getting filtered through the earth and then fresh energy up from the earth coming up into the body. And you can even incorporate the breath into that inhaling, drawing up energy from the earth and exhaling. I mean, I know it sounds really simple, but I tell people all the time, like, just try it three times a week and see how, how you feel. Notice how you feel after doing that for three times a week. Um, because that it, that's one of the most common tools that I give to people because I see that we're so disconnected from the earth. So mm -hmm. many of us that it's one of the easiest and most impactful things that we can do for our energy. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I like that. I like the visualization piece. I, I office often will tell like listeners and clients to go outside, but that's like that visualization of sifting. Ooh, that's a good one. And yeah. so you're, you're right. Like the, some of the best practices, they're so simple. I think the best ones are because that's what we're just our innate nature just to like, just connect. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be an elaborate thing. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I know. And I think sometimes when people, you know, they might want a ritual from me and they think that I'm going to be like, and use this candle and this crystal and at this time of day under this moon. And I'm like, those things are all great. And I love crystals and right. I love working with the moon, but some of those things aren't, um, they're not sustainable long-term. So we have to think about what is something that's sustainable mm -hmm. to care for ourselves on an energetic level. And sometimes, like I said, just simply going outside three times a week and visualizing your energy and collecting and drawing up that energy from the earth just a few times a week. You don't need anything to do that. You just need 30 minutes a week and that's going to make a huge shift. And then if you want to, you know, once a month, do some big grand ritual with the full moon and some crystals and the candles, like that's great, but it doesn't have to be like that every time. Yeah. I love them both. Let's just do them all. I think that's all yeah. <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, so you have so many amazing resources. You've got your books and your decks and some of the talking about these rituals. So we talked about, you know, just like these very simple things. Are there other practices, or maybe it is incorporating some of the, the, you know, the crystal work that you do that you would, um, you would encourage for spiritual practice. Any, like you have just have so many resources. I want to direct listeners to like, maybe one of those to build into their practice. Um, I think it's such a personal thing. True. Um, so let me think about what, um, you know, what's coming up for me as, um, I think because we just passed the winter solstice, we had Yule, um, and one of my books, the one, one that came out this year is understanding the wheel of the year. Yeah. Um, and again, not to coming back to the earth again, that's just kind of where my focus has been. Um, I think connecting with the seasonal shifts and changes that we see in our environments, which will vary for everybody is a really powerful way to connect to a spiritual practice. Um, one way that I do this is I have, um, a seasonal altar and it's just a way for me to honor the shifts and changes in the seasons. Um, and this, there are a lot of, there are a lot of layers to this and a lot of things that it can affect. One of the most important things I think is that it teaches us to live cyclically mm -hmm. and, um, reminds us that, there are phases in our life of growth and there are phases in our life of death. 
and that both are equal and valuable and necessary. Um, I think in our country, especially here in the, in the US, we there's a real focus on continued growth. We're always growing. We yeah. always need to be um, better the next year. But that's just not the way that um, naturally we are intended to be. Naturally, we are intended to go through cycles and phases. And when we align ourselves with the seasons, it's easier to see that and then it's easier to live that and to allow ourselves to live that to allow ourselves to fall apart to experience death phases in our life with our you know relationships careers um hobbies friendships whatever it is we can make space for um rest loss transformations death grief whereas um you know if you're just focusing on growing 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 you miss we miss all of those opportunities. So connecting with the seasons in any way, whether it be just being outside and experiencing the shift in seasons or taking a step further and creating a seasonal altar um, can be really powerful ways to um, connect to the earth in a more spiritual way and to honor the natural cycles of nature and ourselves. Mm. Yes. Oh, I feel that. I just, I've been thinking so much about the idea of expansion and contraction and just like, we can't grow if we don't contract in certain ways. I mean, it just doesn't happen. And, and I've felt that on a, you know, very like personal level this year. And I, okay, this, this is a funny anecdote, but last, one of the last interviews I did, they were talking about sort of like the shadow and the light of the astrological signs, right? Like there's, the positive quote unquote and the negative, but you need them both. You need yeah. both sides of that to really represent that, that person or that sign or whatever. And you speaking to it in terms of cycles, it's just, yeah, this is the natural part of life. And maybe we won't be so hard on ourselves about it. We can embrace the change. Yeah. Super yeah. true. Yeah. So your book, your book is, um, will you tell listeners what that one is so I can get them to get it? (laughs) Understanding the wheel of the year. Okay. And the wheel of the year is it's adapted from a lot of different, um, celebrations around the British Isles, Northern Europe, Central Europe. So it's, it's kind of a culmination. There's not necessarily one specific culture that celebrated all of the, the seasonal celebrations on the wheel of the year, but it's a combination of all of them, which was started by Wicca. But you don't have to be Wicca or Wiccan to, you know, or a witch to work with the wheel of the year. You know, I very much identify with um, Celtic spirituality. And so I, I, I fit the wheel of the year into that because Celtic people, they celebrated a lot of the celebrations that are on the wheel of the year. Maybe not all of them, but this is where we're at in our modern times. And I like the wheel of the year. So I use it. <laughs> yeah. And it all works together, right? Like these, these traditions from different backgrounds and like, you know, I grew up Italian or I am Italian. So like Italian Catholic, like there's, there's ritual and, and heritage and culture and in all these different places. And I think that's, what's so interesting is like when you can, you can find what works for you, like you said, your background and, and maybe it plays into the wheel of year. Maybe you have your other, like your own personal things. It's just, yeah. Like we're all person. I don't know. That's a tangent slight note. <laughs> just thinking out loud. Like you can make these so personalized. The mm. other thing I wanted to ask you about, because we didn't necessarily talk about it in my session, but Kelly had talked about, she'd used your aura book and she's really into auras. Yeah. And 
I, I just find them to be so interesting for listeners that aren't familiar with auras. Can you talk about what they are and like what work you do with auras? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's so interesting that auras are becoming more popular because I feel like the chakra system is something that's really common in spiritual circles, but the aura is part of the energy body. So when we talk about auras, it's part of this larger system. So the chakra system is part of the energy body. The aura is part of the energy body. And then we have um, things within the body, like in um, Hinduism, we have the nadis and Chinese medicine, we have the meridians. Um, So we have all these different systems that kind of work together and all of these parts of the energy body connect in different ways to the physical body too. So I think it's important to remind people that it's not just like, oh, your aura, like the aura is a part of a bigger system and they're all connected and all intertwined in different ways. Um, so the aura is a energy field that radiates out from your body. Um, how far it radiates out depends on a lot of things, just depends on how you came into this world and the general health and well-being of your energy. Um, and I don't mean that as like, uh, it's bad or negative. If your aura isn't as large, it's just, you could be going through a different phase. Sure. Um, but that aura, it has seven layers and each of those layers connects with one of the energy centers or chakras in the body. So the first layer of the aura is the etheric layer, which is closest to the body and is the most common layer that people can see. And that is connected to the root chakra. So that's why it's the most common layer that people can see because it's the densest. Um, it's the closest to physical, of all of the layers of the aura. And then from there out, you know, so the second layer is the emotional layer, which connects to the sacral chakra and you go out and out and out and you've got all those different layers. Um, so that's in a nutshell, what the aura is. And yeah, you can definitely check out the book, understanding auras for a deeper dive into auras. And then as far as how I work with them. So it's very much a part of the whole the way that I work with the energy body, because like I said, it's all connected. So I'm working with aura, I'm working with the chakras. It's a part of it. Um, the way it comes through to me when I am in a session with somebody is usually more a feeling. Although a lot of times I do get a sense of a color or I see a color for people's auras too. Um, and then it's just, you know, it's that same stuff that I'm doing, like within the chakra system, I'm just, I'm seeing what's in there, if anything needs to be pulled out. Um, and then it's just very much kind of mending it too. I know I'm trying to put things in words that I haven't had to put in words really before. (laughs) No, that makes sense. (laughs) But it's a lot of just kind of like mending and soothing the energy of the aura. I think my work focuses more like inside of the aura rather than outside of the aura. Cause I feel like the aura is very much like the, uh, well, it is, it's the, the first part of your energy body that anybody interacts with. So it's the part that when we talk about energetic protection, mm-hmm. we're talking a lot about the aura there because the aura is like your first layer that comes in contact with other people and the environment around you and other energies seen or unseen. So it's, I do work with it, but it's also, I would say more, it's something that people work with more on a personal level too. Sure. Because it's that first, first line of defense for the energy body. 
We are fully immersed in 2022. Can you believe it? I've been getting so many questions from listeners about what the big astrological events are, how it might be affecting you this year. Well, there's tons of good astrology coming your way, everyone. 2022 is a year that so much happens, but it's really up to you. So if you want to know what part of your life will be affected the most, be sure to book a birth chart reading with me. These are 30-minute readings that will dive into your chart and where about where you shine, where you can energize, what you can lean into in terms of practices, um, events, clearing, all of the good things. So prices are going up in February. If you want to grab a spot this January, make sure to do it now. More info in the show notes or check out ashleysondergaard.com. What do you suggest for energetic protection when someone is just feeling more sensitive or just in general, do you offer like specific things? Yeah, there are a lot of different things. I'm going to go back to the earth practice again, Mm -hmm. because that one is a really important one. So that one, it will really help. It'll help with energetic protection because it's going to, um, amplify your aura. Um, so I try not to tell people to, you know, be careful with the shielding. And I even talk about this in my aura book. I talk about the shield, how you can like kind of visualize a shield going up around your aura. I think that's a great practice. If you're in a large group of people, um, if you're out in public in a big group, it can be really good to throw up that mental shield around your aura, around your aura to protect it. But you just have to remember to take it off. (laughs) You don't want to keep that shield up all the time. When do you take it off? Uh, whenever you feel safe again, or whenever you're not around a large group of people. Um, I hadn't heard that because I shield all the time as a cancer son. I'm like, so like, just let a lot of in, but I don't take it down a lot. That's interesting. I love that. I should. Yeah, (laughs) it can be, you'll notice, I think you'll notice a big shift. So what I've been teaching people to do is to push to push your aura out, just visualize it growing and getting bigger and filling up more space because it's going to have a similar effect as the shield, but it's not going to like cut your energy off because when we put up the shield, we kind of cut ourselves off from Mm. experiencing the world, from interacting with other people on a deeper level. So it can be helpful to push the energy out, visualize it growing and expanding. So you still have that buffer or protection, but you're also like not shrinking yourself. Mm. Um, so I use, I still use the shield. I'm not saying like use the shield. I still use it, especially if I'm in a large, you know, if I'm in a really busy space or if I feel really uncomfortable, I'll just close my eyes, visualize that shield of white light or any color light you feel comfortable with. And, you know, and then once I feel safe again, I can be like, okay, time for the shield to come off. Mm. And there are stones too. Um, I like hematite a lot. Yeah. Um, but black tourmaline um, is another good one. Those are two of my favorites. Yeah. Black tourmaline, hematite. Everybody tiger's like- eye. Do you like tiger's eye? Tiger's eye. I find tiger's eye can be a little bit stimulating. Um, mm, okay. So, but it's, you know, that's just me. Um, I'm easily, I'm easily stimulated. <laughs> easily. <Yeah. laughs> I'm very sensitive to energy. So try it. Yeah. But tiger eye is very protective as well. Um, yeah. The large group thing. So we hadn't been in large groups for obviously for a long time. And I took my kids to see, um, Disney on ice a couple, like last couple weekends ago. And like in that setting, I'm already just like, Oh, this is a lot. So out of my comfort zone, but like 
whatever. Kids are so awesome and so sensitive and so like just intuitive. So my, they loved it. Like it was great. But my youngest, my three-year-old is coming out, coming out of like the, the space and she just melts down. It's just like an energetic, like, like coming off of a high. And I, I, you know, I, in that moment, I'm like, I feel you I'm with you. Like, let's just lay on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) They're so intuitive. And I think sometimes we look at kids and think, you know, oh, they're just having a temper tantrum. Like, you know what? That's what I feel like too. I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think, and that's something I talk about with my clients too, especially if I like sense a lot of emotional weight in Mm -hmm, their mm -hmm. energy. I'm like, you need to have a good cry. Like you need to sit on the earth and like cry. Like that is tears are cleansing. They're natural. Like, just like we were talking about that cyclical phase. Like it's just, you know, I'm, and, but I'm a crier. I mean, you know, I cancer moon, so I'm not afraid to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to air this probably right in the new year. What are you excited about in 2022? I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good astrology in 2022, but what are oh, you excited about? I'm glad to hear that. Cause I haven't really looked at any of the astrology. I haven't even done, I always do like a 12 month card spread and I haven't done that oh, yet. Yeah. But like this year was such a doozy that I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm still like in my decompression, decompression chamber. Um, especially for like us in our sort of like metaphysical, like in that space of spirituality, Jupiter and Pisces moving, like I think conjunct Neptune. Oof. It's going to be, I mean, it's, it's a good time for us. That's for sure. Yeah. But I am really excited. So I, one of the new things that I'm doing to accompany my energy work, cause I've always been very interested in, um, death and dying and supporting people in their end of life transition. So I recently completed my end of life doula training. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's in, so in January, I plan to start, you know, start marketing and getting out there and, um, you know, working with people at the end of life and helping them feel more supported, um, as Mm. they transition from this plane to the next. And I just, I, that was actually my, my introduction or calling to the energy work was with death. Um, so I knew that once I started the energy work, that that was going to be the next part of it. Um, so, so I'm really looking forward to that and just, um, I think it's going to be really powerful for me. And I'm also excited to help support other people in that very sacred journey. Mm, That's so beautiful. Thanks for doing that. Do you, do you, is that something you do remotely or can, are you with them? Like you're with people as they're passing? It will depend on, you know, from person to person, the scope of what, uh, end of life doula can offer can really vary. Mm-hmm. Some of it can be, um, you know, legacy work, just kind of talking with them and the family and finding ways to bring meaning to their life. Um, it can be really helpful for that, that process during death to, for not only the dying person, but for the family too, to bring, to bring meaning and to create ritual and to create, um, legacy projects around their life. Um, so that's one aspect of it, but then, yeah, another aspect is sitting vigil where you're with the person as they transition, um, and just making sure that their, their wishes for, um, transitioning are being honored as much as possible. Mm. So that's part of my role is to make sure that the space is the way that they want it. The people are there that they want there and that, um, people are honoring that person's respects as they, as they transition 
there's a lot of overlap between birth. I'm just death. thinking that like I have full body goosebumps. It makes me emotional. Like, yes, that's amazing. Yeah. Like honoring the individual, honoring their experience. Yeah. That's, that's a- so cool. I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> I know. I actually didn't either. For a long time, I thought I wanted to be a hospice nurse. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't like, I just knew that that, that my work was going to be, um, in death. I have, um, hold on. I have to pull up my chart. It's all on my chart. (laughs) Yes, um, please do. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, where is this in your chart? Like you must have some Scorpio there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll tell you. I just don't want to tell it to you incorrectly. Okay. So, um, Scorpio is in my 10th house House of career. Oh my gosh. And then also Pluto is in Scorpio, um, as well. So I've got like all the, (laughs) all the death stuff, like all lined up. Yeah. Um, so, which I didn't even realize until I actually had, um, a session with an astrologer friend and she pointed that out to me and I was like, Oh, this, this all checks out. This all makes sense. Like it's all right there. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to expanding, expanding Mm -hmm. my offerings in that way and serving in that way, because I think it's, I think there's also a lot of opportunity for those who are not you know, actively dying to explore death in a deeper way and, uh, to feel more comfortable with it, because I think that we can live more fully when we're at peace with our inevitable death. Mm. Um, and it's something that as a society, especially in the West that we really avoid talking about. Mm. Um, so I'm really excited to just start talking about it more and, I've got some ideas for some offerings and some guided meditations to, you know, really experience, um, what death means for each of us and how we feel about our own mortality, um, so that we can live more fully and more presently here now while we are here. It's like, we don't even, I mean, we're so afraid of death that we like think we're, that we're not going to die. Right. Like it's like that denial peace. And it turns out we all die. That's part of it. And that, you know, it comes back to the nature for me. And that's one of the reasons why I love spending time in nature. It's such a um, pillar of my spiritual practice because nature is a constant reminder that death is natural. It's natural. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so true. The cycles, the cycles. Yeah. I'm just like, my brain is filled with like 10,000 more questions that we could do another episode on. These are so good. I always yeah. feel like whenever I talk to somebody, it's always like at the perfect time of, of just like what's happening in my own life. And like, I, and to, you know, what the listeners might need in the moment. So this is, you know, as we're starting this, this new cycle of a calendar year, but also, I mean, there's a lot of new cycles looking at the, the sky this year, like in this Jupiter return to Pisces, it's like so good. And we can, we can think about that forward momentum, but also, like you said, the, like the death and the piece of, of pulling back and resting or whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. to grow and to expand. Um, my last question, just I always ask my, my guests and I want, you know, I like to know what do healers and, and people in the spiritual space do, what do you do to take care of yourself? What are your self-care practices? Yeah. Um, so for me, the three main things that I make sure that I do, um, one is going for walks, regular walks outside in nature. And those are very much 
like meditative walks. I have certain spots in nature that I connect with and give offerings and where I've really formed a relationship with certain, certain locations and trees. That's a big part of my practice. Um, and then meditation and, or journeying. A lot of the meditation work that I do is, um, where I'm going on journeys to visit spirit guides, to learn different things. Um, and then, you know, there's a bunch of other spiritual stuff that I do, but also just like being creative and baking. Like I said, for me, like I see that very much as like a big part of my holistic self-care because Mm -hmm. it's really important for me to, I can get really laser focused on things. So it's important for me to not always be so laser focused on the spirituality and um, experience that energy in other creative acts, because I think that that spiritual energy is really, it's in the baking, it's in crafting with your kids. It's, it's everywhere. So for me, it's important to allow myself opportunities to experience that energy in different ways. So, yeah, the baking, I could go on and on, but yeah, baking, (laughs) that is definitely a self-care thing for me. For sure. Are you baking anything fun for the holidays coming up here? Oh, I have, I always have way too many goals. I I'm like, (laughs) I am obsessed this year with all the Christmas cookies and I'm gluten-free too. So, okay. and I try to make everything healthy. So I really make it hard for myself because I want to make all of these like really fancy cookies, like, you know, like with the little sandwich cookies with the jam in the middle, like meringue cookies with nuts on the inside and like trying to make it like healthy and gluten-free. I'm like, it's half of it's a fail. Half of it's like, Oh, it's, it's edible. I always joke that my kids are going to be, um, really disappointed and mad at me when they like try real cookies from other people. So I'd be like, what have you been feeding us mom? Like (laughs) that'll just make it all that more sweet. Right. Like when they try something for the first time, they're like, Oh wow, this is great. Yeah. This is what real sugar tastes like (laughs) and flour. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's what we, that's actually our plan tonight is baking cookies for Santa. So it's going to be fun. Mine are not healthy whatsoever. (laughs) It's just sugar. (laughs) That's okay. Good. They need that. I just have like, it's like, I have an inability. My husband makes fun of me all the time. I'm just like, I'm incapable of making like the, uh, the fully unhealthy cookies. (laughs) Like, it's just like, I think I see it as a challenge. I'm like, I'm going to make cookies that yes. are good for you. And I'm sure there's like 10, I mean, there's so many recipes and stuff, the ideas that you can make things for health, healthier. Yeah. And yeah, it's a challenge. There you go. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Cassie, what a joy. Thank you for your time and just your healing gifts. I'm really, I'm lucky to have experienced your, your work. And I hope that listeners reach out to you, get your books and maybe work with you as well. Can you just tell them where to find you? Absolutely. So, um, in the social media world, um, the best place to find me is on Instagram and it's just at Cassie Ewell and the last name is U H L. And then other than that, um, my website is CassieEwell.com. And I do have a newsletter that I send out, um, pretty regular, like weekly. I pretty consistent with that. Um, so that's a good place to just stay in the know and know what I'm, what I'm offering, what I'm doing. Um, you can find links to sign up for energy work sessions on the website though. And then I also do offer a free guided meditation to meet your spirit guides, um, mm, for doing yes. my newsletter. So that's on the, um, the website that you can sign up there as well. And then all my books, you can find them all over the world and any major bookseller, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Um, I've got 
five books out in the world and a tarot card deck that just launched last month too. Oh my so gosh. Yay. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Cassie. I hope our paths cross again for sure. Yes, absolutely. It was wonderful to be here and share. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to our guest, Cassie, and to our show sponsor, Branch Basics. And thanks to all of you for tuning in every week. Again, make sure to follow along on Instagram. I'm at ashley.sondergaard, and the podcast is at Yoga Magic Podcast. We'll see you next week.